It is good to see you guys this morning, and it's been a week. How many people got out of the door this morning when it was about 65 this morning? I was like, where am I at? I thought I woke up in Texas. We've been talking about this year, uh, just the the perception of realizing that we are the blessed, that we are favored being children of God, and you realize that the person that realizes or knows that he's blessed is that much more blessed. Have you ever tried to talk somebody in to you're blessed? Well, I don't have... Do you, do, you, do you live in a box? No, I don't live in a box. I have a house. Well, you're blessed. Well, the house isn't that big. Does it have an inside bathroom? Yeah, it has an inside bathroom, but it doesn't have a golden sink. You know, you got to keep talking them into it. God has blessed us. Can you say that? God has blessed us. Not just me. God's blessed me. But God has blessed us. You know, but sometimes in that atmosphere of being a part of a group of people that really understand the blessings of God on their life, it makes life more enjoyable. If if you've realized that, then you know what I'm talking about. If you haven't got to that place, I encourage you to to begin to allow yourself to kind of wade into that thought. Uh, I heard a story about a bus full of ugly people. And the bus of ugly people got in a... And, and all of them died, and, but they went to heaven. Good news. And when they got to heaven, God looked at them and said, I'm going to give each one of you one wish. You know, you guys have suffered through life. What would it? First person all the way through the last said, I would like to be gorgeous. And boy, they were beautiful. Came to the last guy. He's been laughing and rolling on the ground. And, and God says, what's wrong? What, what's your wish? He says, I want them all to be ugly again. ha, ha, ha. Well, that might have been the stupidest joke you ever heard, but it's for a point this morning is to say this, that a lot of times the atmosphere that we're in, when people begin to accelerate in life and begin to see blessings, there's some, nobody here today, but some people that could get jealous and go, you know what, I want it back the old way. I want it where all of us are, are so to speak, ugly, that we all have problems. We talk about the problems. You know, we can even pray about the problems, but God says, guys, I have blessed you. This morning we're going to be talking about, again, your temperature, where you're at. Uh, As we've been talking, you identify who you are and what you do. Well, a lot of times there's problems with that, but the truth of the matter is, who are you? Well, I'm a... You know, I'm a butcher, I'm a baker, I'm a candlestick maker, whatever. You know, I, I, this, but you are what you do and what you walk in. As I've been trying to teach our church, the people that come here, is that we are blessed to be a blessing. That we are the righteousness in Christ Jesus. Well, Pastor, you don't know what I've done. You don't know what I say. You don't. Today is a new day. Quit doing that and start doing the things that God has asked us to do. I didn't say it's going to be easy. I didn't say that everybody just falls into it. But there's things that we're doing that we don't even realize sometimes that we're doing it. And therefore, our identity, the way that we see ourselves, is is not pleasing to ourselves. Therefore, we can't even receive the goodness that God has for us. There's a filter and we filter it out. We create habits a lot of times to match the climate that we're in, the temperature of the room. 
Maybe you work in a place that you uh, you are just in a dark place. I mean, they're not believers in the group. They're, it's just, it's dark. Well, see, you get into that place, and if you don't realize that you're anointed to be right there at that time, you're anointed to be the light in the dark room. Sometimes we begin to look, is there anybody that could bring a little light? And God says, you, you're my child. You are who I created for this time. You know, we love to get motivated when we come to church. And I could preach a story on Esther and how she was there for such a time as that. And we can all go, yay, and get out. But boy, I'm in a dark space, Pastor. God has you there. I want to say it again, but I want to say it right now, is we create problems. Are we? I'm sorry, let me start over. We create habits in our life. We create habits in our life to solve problems. The habits that we do, a lot of times, are just there to solve the problem of the day. They're sometimes very small little problems. Why do we eat at a certain time breakfast? Why do we eat a certain time at lunch? Why do we eat a certain time at dinner to solve the problem? That's usually when the food wears off that we just ate for lunch, we're time for dinner. You go into a dark room and you want to see something, you want to get something, and it's dark. Again, the cue is that it... I. The, 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 the craving is, I can't see, i got to see, so then what do you do? The response is just turn on the light. And the reward is, you get to see what you went into the dark room for. A lot of times those little habits that are running in the background of our operating system become unaware to us that they're running, causing us to get something that we don't even like. And go back to our identity, who we are. I don't like that. A lot of times if you boil it down, it's the unconscious that you're calling just fate. The things that are going on and on, you go, you know, I, I never win. You know, if something's going to go wrong, that's John Milt. You can confess that over your life. And it's amazing how that's putting you in that negative opportunity. Let me say the quote again. Until you make the unconscious conscious, it will direct your life and you'll call it fate. A lot of times we get to the point of realizing that making us aware of that unconsciousness and changing those bad unconscious habits that are running, sometimes it's harder because they're framing our thinking it's harder to try to get somebody to change than just learning new things. Now, let me explain. We talked about the voice, you know, self-talk. We talk about, or I, I said, you remember the mask and we had the, the devil mask and we got devil talk in our mind and the enemy that's talking to us. I think all of us can relate to mommy talk, you know, the mother talking. You're not going to go out wearing that tonight, you know, mom. Hopefully you had a mom that kind of helped and guide you. I can't say that mom was good in your life or not. But she meant to be good. Or a good mother was meaning to be good. But you're still hearing some of that, what was spoken over your life. Some of you went to church that you were this far from falling off into the abyss, into sin. You might leave here today and a Mack truck. I don't know why it's always a Mack truck. It wasn't a Peterbilt. It was a Mack truck could hit you and you die. Huh? And in that voice of never really measuring up. 
right here. No, no, a little higher, a little higher. And let me tell you that a lot of people will forfeit being a believer in Jesus Christ and receiving salvation in their life and spending eternity with God in heaven because some well-meaning person, did you hear me? Well-meaning, the Pharisees in the Bible were meaning people, they were just wrong. But I'm speaking over this group of people today. When you're in the word of God and you're depending on God to speak to you, you filter out even well-meaning people that don't know the word of God. They heard it from somebody that heard from somebody that heard from somebody. It's just not so. So this morning, I want you to see that through the Word of God and in our life, when when we come to church, as I said last week, is that most of the time, I would say that you come to church to get motivated. You hear the Word of God and you you hear Noah's Ark, you know, story. How Noah trusted God. That's good. You'll hear more of that right here. But it's a motivational to get to the point of your daily walk being disciplined in the habits that are running in your life. And a lot of times I grew up in a place that uh, it is a great church. But we just were never taught of how to daily walk it out. Just be good. <laughs> and I was pretty good. But I didn't walk in the identity of being a a child of God that had the liberty and the freedom that's in my life. The Word of God says, He whom the Son has set free is free indeed. But I didn't feel free. The Word of God sets a standard for us, but it gives us the empowerment to live it. Now, Now watch this. There's topics that raises our temperature. And let me just bring us all again on that same illustration. That if you realize that sometimes in our life that you know we feel comfortable because we're at about a 70 degrees. It's not really good, but it's passing. And that's where we've lived most of our life, just passing. Kind of like some of my friends in high school. Okay, me. What's passing? 70? What did I get? 70. <laughs> Which is different than my sister. I got a 96. Boo-hoo. <laughs> but the 70 in our lives are just, just getting by. We're not experiencing any of the blessings of God or the favor of God or the goodness of God or the joy of the Lord in our life. We're not experiencing the, the fruit of the Spirit. And, and we're at 70. We know that we're making it to heaven, but that's about it. But God says, I've come that you might enjoy life. And there's a lot of people going around that are Christians that just don't enjoy life. They can't smile to save their life. 
And I've run into a lot of people that I can't even determine which one's the unbeliever. Their life is so much like an unbeliever. So that we get to that point where we're 70, but every once in a while in our life, we've allowed ourselves to grow and it gets cold in our life. Maybe you're this morning in that place where, you know, your temperature is maybe at a 60, 55, and you're going, ooh, no more. And there's other things in your life, just your spiritual temperature. But I'm talking about things like the three prayer requests that we talk about, you know, like your health or maybe your relationships or your finances where you go, mm-mm. I didn't need to buy all that spontaneous giving at Walmart or buying at Walmart. Have you ever gone through the line at Walmart? And you know that you don't have cash. It's plastic. It's not really money. It's just a credit card or debit card. And you pick up this and this and that. Financially, you go, no more of that. I'm not going to do that. Your health, you're a little bit more overweight than you should be. And you think, you know what? I, I feel bad. No more of that. So you start turning on the heater until you get back up to 70. And here's the deal is then you start feeling, okay, but this is good. This is great. And all of a sudden you start feeling yourself going up to about an 80 degrees and you get to be Whew, this is wonderful. This Man, I'm, I'm on a diet. I'm doing good. I'm taking care. You want a spiritual saying? Taking care of the temple of God, you know? We can make it spiritual here if you want to. Pastor, I didn't know I came to Health Anonymous, you know, whatever. No, you didn't. Or your relationships. All of a sudden, you begin to apply yourself to your relationships. You say hi to people. And all of a sudden you feel your, the temperature going up. And if you're not careful, you are motivated beyond really your own self-identity. And what happens is what God has spoken in your life, you're like, I, 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 don't, know, I don't know what happened to me. That pastor on the radio, that pastor in church, that pastor, that speaker, that evangelist, boy, that friend of mine, he really motivated me beyond who I really. And then all of a sudden you turn on the air condition so you gravitate back to the 70, which is predictable, familiar. Average, feels good. What's my one wish? I want everybody to be ugly again. Makes me feel comfortable. There's topics in the Bible that raises our temperature, as you know. I'm not speaking to a new audience of new believers. You know what I'm talking about. Being blessed to be a blessing. We've talked about that. You know, there's topics in the Bible that, that again, brings that to our Attention primes us to look for the, God, you blessed me. Topics like giving. You know, most people think that Christians are crazy for as much as they give. Have you ever realized how many hospitals are operated by the church, the kingdom of God? Heritage Methodist, I was in uh, uh, yesterday. The hospital downtown, there's a hospital right... Hallelujah for the church world that has hospitals. But Christians are givers. Why? Because the Word of God teaches us how to do that. It, it teaches us how to give. How about it teaches us how to walk in love. You, you go through history and it was a dark world for years until Jesus stepped onto the face of the earth and taught how to walk in love. Let me give you another one. This is the Word of God working in our life and working through our life until it becomes part of us as believers. 
We know this, but there's been stories and history throughout mankind that even though the Word of God says what is right in this area, a lot of times Christians say, no, I'm not doing that. An unconscious thought pattern of a system, a habit that's running, it's on favoritism. You know, uh, let, me, let me just share with you this passage. Now, this is James, and James is the brother of Jesus, and he was like, you know, I don't really care what you think. Here it is. But he's pretty strong. And he talks about this. And, and this is, in, in our lives, we have different prejudiced. You know, favoritism is a kind of an easier word than prejudiced or being a bigot or something like that. But, but he's talking about something that you and I, by reading the Word of God, talks about being prejudiced in different circumstances. And to, today, as we're talking about habits in our life and the unconscious habit, let's, let's read this passage of Scripture. This isn't on just favoritism today, but I just want to give you an idea so that we can kind of, kind of I can prime you of what the Word of God working in our life does for us. And this is found in James 2. And, and James says this, my brothers and sisters, believers in our glorious Jesus Christ, must not show favoritism. Suppose a man comes into your meeting wearing a gold ring and fine clothes and a Nike pair of shoes. I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Trying to be relevant. Okay. Suppose a man comes in wearing a gold ring and fine clothes and a poor man and filthy old clothes also comes in. Now, look at verse 3. This is where, again, sometimes unconscious habits of how we just treat people. This is an area of our relationships. Maybe you're in high school today. Whew, this one was tough for me in high school, wasn't it? Look at what he says. If you show special attention to the man wearing fine clothes and say, say here's a good seat for you, but say to the poor man, you stand there or sit on the floor by my feet. Have you not discriminated among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Listen, my dear brothers and sisters. Has not God chosen those who are poor in the eyes of the world to be rich in faith and to inherit the kingdom? He promised those who love him. But you have dishonored the poor. Is not the rich who is exploiting you? Now again, the climate during this time was the rich people, if you were rich, you just didn't have to walk in love. Talking about the rich, are they not the ones who are dragging you into the court? Are they not the ones who are blaspheming the noble name of him who you belong to? Verse 8 says, if you really keep the royal law found in the scripture, anybody that goes to the chapel knows this. What royal law found in the scripture? Love your neighbor, say it with me, love your neighbor as yourself. You're doing right. I'm going to continue to read that in a second, but do you realize that's why we do have time to actually put the word of God into you even hear the word of God? It's kind of priming you to actually look at people differently, hopefully, than you have. Let's say this. If you have not, when you come to this place, and you're in a place called the sanctuary, that you're actually 
Word of God during five minutes of halftime. Now, we do some things like if you take a comfort break, that's okay. If you do some coffee, some whatever we have back there, food, food, dessert, whatever that is. But you realize that's not why halftime exists, so that you can take a comfort break. You're free to take a comfort break right now, just not all at the same time, please. Okay. Love your neighbor as yourself. You're doing right. But if you show favoritism, you sin and are convicted by the law as a lawbreaker. Now, that's pretty tough, isn't it? James is bringing to our attention, and he's calling you a lawbreaker. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm a good person. But listen to what he's saying. He says in verse 10, For whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles at just one point is guilty of breaking it. For he who said, you do not commit adultery, also said, you shall not murder. If you do not commit adultery, but you do commit murder, you have become a lawbreaker. Now, let me go on. Remember, all these listeners that are believers realize that Jesus used those two commands, don't commit adultery and do not uh, murder, in the, the Beatitudes or the Sermon on the Mount which Jesus said that you're a murderer even if you're angry with your brother or if you call him a fool. You're an adulterer if you look at a woman with lust in your eyes and your heart for her. Do you, do you understand? We as believers read this word of God and we begin to realize the need for our grace that God has given us and mercy. But then he ends this way in verse 12. Speak and act as those who are going to be judged by the law that gives freedom. Anybody in here want freedom beside me? Okay, here's the key, verse 13. Because judgment without mercy will be shown to anyone who has not been merciful. Judgment without mercy. Hmm. Yeah, I don't want that. Because judgment without mercy will be shown to anyone who has not been merciful. Then he just makes sure that everybody knows it. Mercy triumphs over judgment. If you continue the chapter, which I won't continue to read, but it talks about faith without works is dead. In other words, what you do exhibits what you believe. So again, what we, we take on as our identity. I, I can say, as I said a couple weeks ago, um, I, I'm an exerciser. Why? Because I exercise. I do it every day. You're not, you don't have to try to help me out of it. I do it. It's just like, you're not a giver. Oh, yes, I am a giver. You don't have to try to talk me out of it. That's what I do. I'm a giver. Here's James, and he's talking about things, and the Word of God teaches us, and it helps us not just to be motivated that we can do it, but it teaches us how to be disciplined in doing it on a daily basis and have it with enjoyment. When God's Word speaks to us of who we are, now watch this. We have to be careful about the voices that speak that says, no, you're not, no, you're not, no, you're not, no, you're not. If the Word of God says that we are His children, first of all, people go, I eh, don't know about that. 
But when it goes another step and says that we, that are believers, are children of God, children of a king, the king, that we overcome this world and that we are to rule and reign on this earth. See, there's something about speaking into our identity that's kind of, well, that's not what I've heard all my life. Your belief system then is based on somebody else's experiences or someone Let me, let me if, if you get your pen out, write down 1 John 5, 4. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and the victory that has overcome the world is our faith. I could speak on faith, our faith, for weeks, but let's go on. If you write down Revelations chapter 1, verse 6, chapter 5, verse 10, it talks about Christ has redeemed us unto himself in order that we'll rule and reign on this earth. It, it says this, And has made us unto our God kings and priests, and we shall reign on this earth. Our redemption is first to rule, as, rule and reign as priests, then to rule and reign as kings on this earth. Now again, we all have this perception of what that is, and we go, you know, it, just, it can't be that we're going to be ruling and reigning. Come on. Royalty? So, so we get to that place where we understand, even Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4 and 6, that God has set us together with Him in heavenly places. Right now, the union with Christ has put us in a different place. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 12 says, If we endure, that's a big if, if we endure, we shall also reign with Him. Now, now let me kind of give you something in my life that you know again the rectangular activating system of our brain and I use the illustration to say that when I bought my truck I bought a black truck and I chose a black truck because there's no black trucks on the road until I bought a black truck and then everybody has a black truck so the next car that Gwen bought I bought a purple car there's no purple car do you know how many cars I've seen purple since I've bought her car Recently, I've tried to kind of do something different. And, and I, Ronnie Horton down here is part of the library in Saginaw that teaches English as a second language. So I went out to lunch with Ronnie, and I was talking to Ronnie, and he says, yeah, you, we have a Spanish class. I said, teach Spanish? I'm going to attend that. So there's a lady that works with him that's uh, Argentina and from Argentina. And, and I go on Thursday. I've only been three or four times, so I'm not like speaking fluent. So don't come up to me if you know Spanish. I'll go, si, si. No, no, you know, which means I don't understand. But it is sure fun. I, I'm, I'm in a group, and, and the first times we met, 10 by 10 room, and there's like... Six to seven ladies and me. And most of us are, you know, older and and uh, a lot of them are senior citizens. And I thought, going to be the best student in here. Those ladies are tearing me up, I'll tell you what. 
There's all kinds of illustrations that I can tell you. The teacher from Argentina, she doesn't even know really, really, really good English. But what I thrive for is when I say something right in Spanish, you go, perfecto. Ooh, suki suki, man. I was like, whoa, I can do it again. So I'm looking for the excellent day or the perfecto. But what's amazing is learning another language is so different. It's such a different habit. That's why you guys don't all know Spanish. That's why I don't know Spanish. It's hard. Ronnie and Judy uh, learned Spanish. They were missionaries in Guatemala, and, and their son that we support is in Guatemala. How many know it's hard to minister if you don't know the language? Has anybody ever... See, I can speak a little bit of Chinese, a little bit of Japanese. Here's the key. You speak loud. I'm kidding. I don't speak anything but English. Now, now watch this. Some of the similarities of learning another language, she said, you can't think in English trying to figure out how to speak Spanish. So you get a room full of Americans, and, and she kind of kind of got ticked the other day because we're all like, it should be this. And she's like, no, I'm pretty sure I speak Spanish. <laughs> and so she kind of, she got up, and she got the little fan, and she moved it closer to her chair. <laughs> she took a moment, and she sat down in her chair, and she says, <clears throat> Do you know what you call people that know more than one language and all of us bilingual? I'm, I'm ready for that. Perfecto. She didn't give me one. Then the second she goes, you know what you call people that only know one language? Uh, and she yells out, Americans. And I was like, and, you know, we're like, what, what? She goes, because Americans think they only need to know one and everybody else in the world needs to learn their language. Hello, Christians. <laughs> Hallelujah. Non-believers are like, what is that? Christians throughout history, have even caused wars to prove that their religion... Come on now. When the overarching message of the New Testament is walking in love, I tell you what, let's miss it totally and start killing religions. You hear me? There's things of things that are going system are our habits of thinking that are not biblical but because the group thinks that way that we ought to do crusades and the Pope said it was okay so let's just go kill Muslims do, do you understand what I'm talking about we cannot avoid we can avoid being in the world but we're not of the world so we have a responsibility to know the word of God for ourselves 
you know, and here's what I've learned, and, and I'm believing that I'm going to learn Spanish, and it's going to take time. The, the, the key is practice, 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 just a little bit a day, a little bit a day, a little bit. So I have lunch with um, Bruno. Bruno. Portuguese. And he goes, why are you learning Spanish? So I thought he was thinking, you need to learn Portuguese, you know. Of course, my answer was, because I'm an American. I don't need to learn Portuguese. Anyway. <laughs> he says, why are you, no, no, why are you learning Spanish? He says, because your why, why you're learning has to be so strong because you're going to come into difficulties in learning another language. He knows. He's learned English from Portuguese and so is Mavi. It's hard. Here's my point. If you don't commit yourself to working and disciplining yourself to get into the Word of God, allowing the Word of God to filter out some of the things that you've been taught that are not the Word of God, just well-meaning people, you will carry around a voice that will tell you the standard is just a 70. Just, just here. I want everybody to be ugly. Okay, I'll be ugly with you. When somebody says you're blessed to be a blessing, oh, I don't know about that. Why? Because I know so-and-so that said that that's... But it's familiar. It's predictable. It's average just to stay in that state of mind. Everybody thinks that way, so it's too much trouble to learn another language, another way of thinking, another way of communicating. And I'm not talking about speaking in tongues. We'll get to that on another occasion. Allowing the Holy Spirit to speak in and through us. But let me give you some common sense that just, have you ever read a quote, but we don't ever... Let, let me say, the odds of success will increase the more you try. Hallelujah. You going to try? No, a little tired today. <laughs> Come on. Buenos dias. It's just every day learning another language. It's another day. What Don't leave here and say, Pastor John said we got to learn Spanish. That's not the point. The point is being a believer is learning the language of the Word of God, what God speaks over our life. All right, just wanted to clear that up. Pastor, you changed my life the day that you taught me Spanish. No. Let Let me start turning a little bit here. But the important thing for you to know is that you... Focus on what's getting your attention. And it's more than just the distractions in life because I know they're there in our life with electronics. There is more distractions than we even can, we consciously even know. But we have habits that solve problems but realize that there's so many distractions that we're giving our attention to and it comes down to time. And putting the things that are most important in your life at the priority and, and at the peak time of your day is so important for you. It's, it's not a matter of luxury. It's a matter of life and death.
what moves the needle in your life? In other words, what, what makes the most advancement in your, in your Christian life? What is it that you could give more attention to this year coming up than you do right now that would give you more than what you're getting now? For me, the most attention that I can is in the morning when I get up and I'm spending quiet time with God and, and, and Gwen is in there. Where's Gwen? She is in there doing the same thing, but she's not here. I'm alone. And, and I'm alone, and I begin to do habits that I've just created in my own life. And one of them is looking and longing and expecting God to show up today. You think, well, that's pretty cool. How do you do that? There's a lot of ways that you can prime your own self. Of course, we know the most important thing is in the Word of God, reading scriptures. That the scripture, have you ever read a scripture and then something happens in the day? I was just reading that today in my Bible study. It's, it's activating you looking and longing and expecting God to show up instead of, I never see God. I don't know what happened. I don't know if I missed it. I don't know. If... It's more, though, than just reading the Word of God. Don't just read, even if it's a few passages of Scripture, to get a thought and say, God, I want to walk in this today. Come on now. You realize that just going to church... Let me, let me, because you're at church. You, you can, you know the people that are in the world that really... Let, let's take the mafia. Boy, they're very religious, very family-oriented. Let me just go through this. I hadn't handed it out last week, but when you're creating a habit and spending time with God and, and understanding how important habits are, you, you go through a process of building that belief system based on the Word of God, not on good intentions of somebody else. How can I do this every day? Make it obvious. How can I make it attractive? How can I make it easy? How can I make it satisfying? Let me tell you, so many people have been taught you have to read the Bible through in a year or your Christianity or your spirituality is weakened. But I can interview the people that read it through in a year and a lot of times they don't know what they read. Most people only do what they have to do. Don't be that person. Do you do anything that somebody doesn't make you do? Or in a, just in an area of our finances as believers, our savings account should not come down to how much we could sell our house for. Because that's the only thing that if we don't do, they're going to take it away from us. Somebody, the bank. Do it make sense? You ought to have a savings plan, a savings habit. This is what I'm going to do. In your health, don't wait until the day the doctor gives you the long face and say, you need to exercise or you're going to die. I think I'll exercise. All right, that went over like a rat sandwich. Every time I talk on the health, everybody's like, hey, cut that out. 
again. Understanding as a believer, one of the most valuable skills that God has given us is that we understand that the problem isn't the problem. The problem is affecting us. That's the problem in our life. The guy that is honking his horn, we choose to say, that guy's my problem. He's bothering me. It goes through everything in our life. If we create habits to realize who we are and we walk in the identity, we do not allow people to speak into our lives something that God has not spoken over our lives, has not given us in His Word. You're a loser. Sorry, that's not what God calls me. When someone in the airport yells out, Hey, stupid! Don't turn around. That's not me. When we walk in the Word, if, if we've been taught, if we do the discipline of Psalms 46, let's say this morning you know this verse, God is our refuge and our strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore we will not fear. Though the earth give away, and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, and the mountains quake with their surrey. I'm not going to fear. John, the electric bill's $100 more than it is last month. Oh my goodness, what are we going to do? Anybody? Anybody? Someone offends you. Now, if you have a belief system, maybe the person that has mentored you and taught you was a, a tough guy. You might have a habit that there's a cue, a craving, a response, and a reward. The cue is, what did you say? The craving is, I'm going to give you a piece of my mind. The response is, uh, uh. and the reward is, I'm the man, I'm the man. But be honest with yourself. Is that what the Word of God says we to do? Or should we do that? No. But it feels so good. I don't care what feels good. Either you're going to walk in your identity as a believer, or you're going to walk in something else, and then you're going to wonder why, why I don't receive what God has for me. I'm not talking about somebody that questions a core value. I'm talking about something that happens that happens all the time. A disagreement, an offense. Maybe somebody's taught you it's time to dance, buddy. Throw little bees, you know. Fly like a butterfly, sting like a bee. Let's go. I don't know which one of the fruit of the Spirit that is. Anybody? Anybody? Let's see. Love, joy, peace, patience. No, none of those. What is the habit that has been playing in your mind? Some of you have been married, and I say you because Gwen isn't in here. She's in children's today. But some of us are married long enough that we have unconscious habits that are running in our marriage. Hmm. Let me change hands here. 
this one is tricky. In church, you talk about politics or money. Boy, those are marriage is going to. Here we go. We have cues in our marriage that sometimes our spouses will say something just, just a little bit going down, a little bit of body language. That you don't even have to finish it. I know exactly what you're saying, and I know exactly what you're meaning, and I know where you're going, and I'm not going to have any of it. <laughs> she knows what she's talking about right there. Do you, do you understand where I'm at? We don't have to go into any deeper, but watch, watch. Let me let me say this. You can divorce your wife and marry somebody else. They will have the same problem in a matter of time. Because of cues, if you married a new woman, a new man, and let me tell you, I'm first of all, I'm not going to marry a woman because she did it, and I'm not going to have that anymore. Guys, as believers, we're, we're, we have to have something. We have to have tools, which is the Word of God, to apply to our life that makes us different than the world that has no clue. Okay, time to end with the scripture and then we'll go home and love one another. Here we go. First Peter chapter 3, verse 8. Finally, all of you, be, be like-minded. Be sympathetic. Husbands, wives. Go in. Be sympathetic. <laughs> love one another. Be compassionate and humble. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay. Pay evil with blessing, because to this you were called so that you may inherit a blessing. I'm up for a blessing. Let me challenge you this week. It's in the little habits of what you do. First of all, you have to become aware of what's happening. What's pushing your button? What's causing that mood shift? What causes you to act a certain way? Instead of when you find those things out, it's important, though, that you come back and say, God, I need your grace. And humble yourself to say, today's a new day. It's a new way. And I don't know where I'm going without you, God. Show me. Show up in my life today so that I can burn away all those intimidating voices that say, you know, I've got to stand on one leg and hold my mouth a certain way in order to get to heaven. God, I just receive your love in my life today as a loving father. How many is up for that? Let's agree in prayer. Father, today, I just pray over my brothers and sisters that are here. Father, that we would See, your word is life. And Father, we know and we walk in faith that God, that you've come to give us and that, you might, that we might enjoy our lives the short time that we're here. But God, we're praying for more than enough that we might be able to share it with those people that are around us. Father, you have been a blessing to us 
And Father, as you have blessed us, we want to be a blessing to those that are around us. In your wonderful name we pray. Amen. This morning, again, before you leave, you can always give on the way out. Our ushers have plates in the back. Um, be givers. Learn how to give. Let me just end by saying one announcement is the men's ministry. This, this movie is going to be like a, a racing movie called Ford versus Ferrari. Of course, the Americans beat those Italians, but anyway. It's a night to come together as men. Well, I've already watched the movie. We're going to eat hamburgers. That's okay. I don't like hamburgers. I'm not coming. It's, it's not about the hamburgers. It's not about the movie. It's about being a part of the group so that you can be around other men that are believers. Why don't you stand with me? If you don't stand, I'm going to tuck on marriage again. Now get up. No, I'm <laughs> Hallelujah. You are overcomers in this world. Amen. You guys are dismissed. Go get them.